TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. Former President Donald Trump expected to declare tomorrow that he will run again in 2024 to take the White House back from Joe Biden. But he may have to get through a knockdown, drag out primary fight this time to win the Republican nomination again. Many more moderate Republicans are blaming Trump for their party's disappointing showing in the midterms, with most of his hand-picked Senate nominees going down to defeat and all of his fellow election deniers defeated in their races for governor and secretary of state, although many elected to lower levels. The GOP is still on track to take the House, but by a much narrower margin than expected. Conservative editorial voices are piling on Trump with momentum for 24, seeming to shift to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. But Trump still seems to have a firm grip on the base of his party, so let's not count him out just yet. For more, we are joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Charlotte Hill. She's director of the Democracy Policy Initiative at UC Berkeley's Goldman School of Public Policy. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, so the brand new conventional wisdom, and as we've just seen, conventional wisdom is often completely wrong, uh, is that the bloom is finally off the rose for Donald Trump, and even some Republicans are finally tired of his act. Uh, Do you buy that? I'm skeptical that Trump's moment is passing. He has shown time and again that he can overcome setbacks that would ruin other politicians, and that's because he has unwavering loyalty from such a strong segment of the Republican base. Do you think his motivation is completely legal since he's facing such a huge legal battle? I mean, I'm sure the legal battle is part of his calculus, but I'm, you know, I'm not inside Donald Trump's brain, and I'm, I'm glad about that. But my sense is, you know, that he's really motivated by power and motivated by, um, you know, extracting uh, as much kind of loyalty as he can from as many people as he can. Okay, so the midterm elections certainly, is, as Doug put it, uh, the bloom is off the rose, definitely. Um, how big of the fight? would it be between Trump and Ron DeSantis? Well, I can say I guarantee Trump is furious right now with all the talk of DeSantis being the new leader of the Republican Party. And if we know anything about Trump, it's that he does not go down without a fight. I don't think he's going to cede control of the Republican Party without kicking and screaming. And I'm not confident at all that voters will suddenly shift their allegiance to DeSantis after six years of the Republican Party aligning behind Trump. So the question for me is, does Trump win outright or are we in for a protracted battle that uh, between Trump and DeSantis that could in theory split the right? Right now, my money is on protracted battle, given how much we've seen kind of the Republican gatekeepers trying to align behind DeSantis. Yeah, there's no question. Donald Trump is not a guy to back away from a fight and say, oh, OK, I'll just I'll just go away quietly. That is not going to happen. Do you think that, you know, after he declares tomorrow, as we expect him to other challengers jump in, DeSantis, whoever, fairly soon? Or, or why do you think this plays out? 
Well, if I were DeSantis, I would be holding off for at least a couple weeks. I'd want to see how the media was covering Trump's announcement, see if donors and party leaders on the right were begging me to enter the race, you know, see what sorts of assurances I could get before publicly announcing. Um, we'll see. Uh, but I think that would probably be the, the prudent move, move for DeSantis. Well, what is it about candidates like Trump and DeSantis with this authoritarian strongman approach that so many voters find so uh, appealing? DeSantis barely won four years ago, and now he's invincible in Florida. Well, we can't avoid the question of race and racism here. You know, over the last six years, we've seen in scholarly research time and again that one of the strongest predictors of support for Trump has been people's racial beliefs. And I would bet that that is also the case in support for DeSantis. More generally, I would argue that voters seem less focused on Trump and DeSantis's policy views and more focused on their identities as politically incorrect, loud angry leaders who are willing to publicly stand against liberal trends. It seems like there's an, an in-your-face element that is particularly appealing to voters on the right, even if at the same time it's turning off voters in the middle right now. I want to talk a little bit more about a trend, possibly a trend, and that election denialism. Do you think that that concept is going to fade the further we get from 2020 with the majority of voters clearly rejecting the idea? I hope so, but I, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I, I do think voters show that they were very worried about democracy in this cycle. We have data from uh, the Associated Press that the two most important factors that voters said motivated them to vote in the midterms were inflation, as we might expect. About 51% of voters cited inflation, but also the future of democracy in our country. About 44% of voters cited that as an important factor motivating them. And to put that into perspective, crime and overturning the overturning of Roe v. Wade, both of which have gotten a lot of airtime this election cycle, were each cited by only 25 percent of voters. So democracy was really looming large um, in the minds of voters. That said, more than 160 election deniers have won in the House so far, many in safe districts where they didn't have to compete. So we're not out of the woods yet. You know, Trump's disciples may have been too extreme to win the general election at the Senate and governor level, except with the exception of J.D. Vance in Ohio. Uh, but he was able to elevate them to victory in the Republican primaries, just as he did with Ron DeSantis in Florida four years ago. Doesn't that suggest that, you know, he's significant sway with GOP primary voters, which makes him a strong favorite to be the nominee again in 2024? Well, you're right that Trump's candidates didn't do so well last Tuesday, it, but it wasn't, to my mind, a clear repudiation of Trumpism throughout the country. You know, Trumpism is really built around the figure of Donald Trump as the strongman political leader. Pundits like to say that Trump was on the ballot and that he was represented by a bunch of his acolytes, but I don't know that how those candidates performed is necessarily indicative of how Trump would perform. And I will say, if you look at Trump's favorability in polls from just August, a couple months ago, after the Mar-a-Lago search, which you might think would harm his favorability, you still had six in 10 Republican voters saying that Trump should be the Republican nominee in 2024. You still had eight in 10 Republicans saying that they believe he can win. And he still had an 81 percent favorability rating among Repo Republicans, which was notably higher than Ron DeSantis's at that time at 67 percent. So I still see Donald Trump as being the preferred uh, candidate for the Republican nomination. Yeah, I agree with you there. Thank you so much for your time. Charlotte Hill, director of the Democracy Policy Initiative at UC Berkeley's Goldman School of Public for being with us. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.